Hello and welcome to the White Rabbits Come Follow Me podcast. My name is Jennifer Lee Barris, your host, and I'm looking forward to sharing some highlights inspired by this week's reading of 1 Nephi chapters 16 through 22. My beautiful friend, who is an engaging speaker, invited me to be part of the Toastmasters Club in our area. Because Toastmasters is an international club, there is a specific format that we follow each week. Members of our club sign up in advance to take on an assignment in the meetings. The variety of topics, perspectives, and people keep the weekly meetings rich, inspiring, educational, challenging, and always entertaining. Last week I volunteered to be the grammarian. The main responsibility in being the grammarian is to pay close attention to all the speakers, listening to their use of language, including any outstanding words, quotes, sayings, or thoughts. The most fun part about being the grammarian is choosing the word of the day. The grammarian keeps track of who uses the word and how many times they have said it or used its definition. So Wednesday morning at 6.30 a.m. I'm getting ready to leave for the meeting and thinking of what I should choose as the word of the day. The person leading the meeting called the Toastmaster had chosen Valentine's Day as the theme of the meeting. So I thought, oh, something could, a word that could go with that might be fun. As I'm driving, down the dark country road to the to the meeting i think about first nephi chapter 16 through 22 that i had just read i thought about the bad attitudes of laman and lemuel and the the sons of ishmael thought maybe the word of the day is begrudgingly it is a good contrast to the sweet Valentine's Day theme and fits some of the some of this week's reading. It seemed that some members of Lehi's caravan did most things begrudgingly while others did them willingly. I, t- I tried to push back the nagging memories of how many times I had done things begrudgingly in my life. Um, begrudgingly means to say or do something with being reluctant or with displeasure. I know sometimes we have to do things that we don't want to do and we kind of do them begrudgingly, but it's something I'm really trying to change in myself to be a more cheerful and willing person, especially if it's something that the Lord wants me to do. I guess to fully understand a word, a person needs to understand what the opposite is. Again, my beautiful friend, who is the Relief Society president in our ward, shared this story yesterday during the Relief Society lesson. To understand the story, you need to know that she has had surgery on both of her feet in the last few months and is still healing she needs to wear the boots the podiatrist gave her until the bones are completely healed. And this is what she shared. After working in her business in the morning, her feet were sore and somewhat swollen, so she sat elevating her feet. 
While resting, the spirit prompted her to go watch her granddaughter's basketball game. She looked down at her sore feet and thought that was something hard to do. Then she got up and went to the freezer to find the cold packs. She went back to her comfortable seat, elevated her feet, putting the cold packs on them until the swelling went away. Then she put her coat on, grabbed her purse, and drove to her granddaughter's basketball game, trusting in the Lord. While sitting in the bleachers, she struck up a conversation with a stranger. There she found out that this sister was living in our ward boundaries and had been trying to stay under the radar, so to speak. Now she was found and could be loved and ministered to by sisters in the ward. Heavenly Father loves all of his children, even those who try to stay under the radar. He prompted my friend to find this lost sister, even though she was dealing with feet that were swollen and sore. He helped the swelling go away so that she could go to the basketball game and do his work. I just think this is such a beautiful story. The opposite of doing something begrudgingly is to do it willingly and with a cheerful heart. I can guarantee that my friend left her home with a happy, cheerful attitude and went to the game ready to engage, ready to smile, and ready to connect with someone. President Bednar spoke in October's General Conference about people like this and extended an invitation to all of us. He said, I invite you to consider the blessings promised to covenant-keeping disciples of Jesus Christ. For example, Nephi beheld the church of the Lamb of God, and he's talking about the latter days, and its numbers were few. The saints of God were also upon all the face of the earth, and their dominions were small. He also beheld the power of the Lamb of God that it descended upon the saints of the Church of the Lamb and upon the covenant people of the Lord, and they were armed with righteousness and with the power of God in great glory. I see my friend and others around me armed with this power, armed with righteousness and with the power of God in great glory. Disciples of Jesus Christ now and anciently are the minority. Because of their covenants and their complete faith in Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father, they are willing to trust in them and be courageous in responding to promptings and in living the commandments. It it becomes a quest for them instead of a burden. They derive joy and power from stepping out of the realm of being a doubter Instead, with a prayer of faith on their lips, they are people of action and power, just as Nephi was in this week's reading. Disciples of Jesus Christ serve him with cheerful and faithful hearts. This attitude makes all the difference and results in miracle after miracle. Working to replace negative thoughts with ones of willingness, trust, gratitude, faith, and cheerfulness is hard to do, but something I work on daily. 
I think of the corny dare song my kids sang at their sixth grade dare graduations with the phrase of the song where a phrase of the song repeats, check your attitude out the door, check your attitude out the door. I had to go in and ask my teenage son if I had that part of the song right. And he asked, why would you want to know that? And with a disgusted look on his face followed with, I try to block that from my memory. (laughs) Joking aside, with the right attitude, nothing is impossible. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Now to the Book of Mormon. After arriving at their father's tent and teaching his brethren, Nephi had high hopes that they would be righteous and have a peaceful journey the rest of the way. Nephi and his brothers married the daughters of Ishmael and Zoram married Ishmael's oldest daughter. At this point, Nephi records in chapter 16, verse 8, And thus my father had fulfilled all the commandments of the Lord, which had been given unto him, and also I, Nephi, had been blessed of the Lord exceedingly. I think he was very grateful for his new bride. So before they could progress, they had to do three things. First, they had to get out of, out of Jerusalem. Lehi's family had to get out of Jerusalem at a safe distance. Second, they had to go back and get the brass plates. And the third thing they needed was Ishmael's family so that they could have women to marry. So having checked off all those three things, at this point, the Lord told Lehi to take his journey again into the wilderness. Upon awakening, Lehi found outside his tent door a small, not a small, a round ball, a curious workmanship made of fine brass. It had two pointers, one of which pointed the way they should go in the wilderness. It was called the Leahona. It also had writing on it which taught them principles they needed to learn. After they had gathered seeds, they packed their tents and crossed the river Laman, heading in a south-southeast direction. They used their bows and arrows and slings and stones to get food for their families. They continued traveling in a fertile area near the Red Sea where the Leahona led them. After some time, they pitched their tents and rested there. Nephi prepared to go hunting when he broke his bow, which was made from fine steel, a tool he had most likely brought from Jerusalem that had helped them survive. His brother's bows had lost their spring. There's speculation that the bows lost their spring and Nephi's bow broke because of the increased heat and change in humidity as the family traveled through the Arabian Peninsula. The brothers came back from their hunting trip empty-handed, and the hunters blamed Nephi for breaking his bow. Soon they were angry with him. The family was retired from their most likely hot and long recent trek and were suffering with hunger. Laman, Lemuel, and the sons of Ishmael did murmur exceedingly because of their sufferings and afflictions in the wilderness. Here is the hardest part for me to read. 
it says, And also my father began to murmur against his God, the Lord his God. This is sad to know that even Lehi, a prophet, was succumbing to the situation and losing faith. It really is hard to know how each of us would handle a situation like that. Nephi tries to convince the group to have faith. Eventually, he goes to work making a bow out of wood and an arrow out of a straight stick. He also took his sling and stones. Then he went to his father and asked where he should go hunting. Because Nephi had spoken many words to his father, brothers, and their families, they had softened their hearts. Lehi prays for forgiveness, and the Lord chastises him because of his complaining. This made Lehi very sad about his thoughts and behavior. After this, the Lord commanded him to look at the Leahona. On it was written something that caused Lehi, his brother, and the sons of Ishmael and the wives to fear and tremble exceedingly. An ancient wake-up call, so to speak. Being hungry after the long, exhausting journey was difficult, but apparently the Lord expected them to put their energy into exercising their faith instead of complaining. When they started showing their faith, the pointers started working again. Nephi says, They did work according to the faith and diligence and heed which we did give unto them. Also, new teaching was written on the ball from time to time, which helped them understand the ways of the Lord. In verse 29, it says, By small means, the Lord can bring about great things. Small amounts of heavenly direction can bring about great things in our lives. One that I thought of is reading and following counsel in our individual patriarchal blessings. Nephi follows the directions given and goes to the top of the mountain where he is able to find game to hunt. The hunt is successful and he brings back uh, a wild beast on his back. And everyone is full of joy when they see this food. In verse 32, And it came to pass that I did return to our tents, bearing the beast which I had slain. And now when they beheld that I had obtained food, how great was their joy! And it came to pass that they did humble themselves before the Lord, and did give thanks unto him. We may look at Lehi's caravan as very vulnerable, and it seems easy to say, of course they needed to rely on the Lord and be humble. Of course they needed to live so that they could have the guidance of the brass ball, the Leahona. Maybe our modern society is more vulnerable than many of us realize. If there comes a time when there is a major disruption in our food supply, wouldn't it be nice to know we could handle it and feed our families? I like knowing that our son can hunt with a bow and catch fish. It's good to see my teenage sons and daughters make delicious homemade bread. These are skills most of us can learn, and they can help us now. But in a time of crisis, they would be so life-saving. There's also the skill of knowing how to buy canned food on sale and then using the food in our regular meals so that it doesn't get wasted, but that 
at the same time, we always have the supply that rotates. That's a talent. All of this is good and can, pre can prevent us from facing a major food crisis. There are other ways we can prepare. About 10 years ago, my husband and I decided that we needed to get a little more financially prepared by saving money in an emergency fund to cover three to four months of expenses. Our profit had recommended that we do this and so we plan to put this money in an account that kept up with inflation but an account that also we could pull out easily if we needed it. To me more of a spender than a saver this seemed like an impossible goal. I made a chart that had a, a space for each thousand dollars saved and I taped this chart inside my laundry room cabinet. I picked out my favorite color pencil, colored pencil orange. I thought that was a color of energy and celebration to fill in each rectangle on the graph as we saved that. Each thousand dollars saved came with sacrifice and coloring in the chart became an almost sacred experience for me. After over two years of hard work and sacrifice, we were able to reach our goal. We still maintain this fund, and if we need to spend money out of it to cover an emergency, we get laser focused on rebuilding it. The point of me sharing this is to say that all of us, like Lehi's family, have hard things to do. We need to set priorities and make sacrifices in following the counsel of the prophets. President Thomas S. Monson many years ago at a conference said, we urge all Latter-day Saints to be prudent in their planning, to be conservative in their living, and to avoid excessive and unnecessary debt. Many more people could ride out the storm-tossed waves in their economic lives if they had a supply of food and clothing and were debt-free. Today we find many have followed this counsel in reverse. They have a supply of debt and are food-free. This is sobering counsel in a world that tempts us to always consume more. The truth in all of this is that if we have faith in the prophet's counsel, which is really the counsel of the Lord, we will be blessed with the ability and knowledge of how to prepare. Lehi's family had the Liahona, but we have the written words of living prophets, words that are easy to find on the internet. We also have received personal revelation through the Holy Ghost about how to manage our personal affairs so that we can handle the inevitable problems that show up in our lives. One thing we can count on is trouble. But if we are prepared, the trouble doesn't need to rock our worlds. When Lehi's family left the Valley of Lemuel, they gathered seeds of every kind. They also had to prepare for their sea voyage and for the start of their civilization in the Promised Land. In chapter 18, verse 6, it says, And it came to pass that on the morrow, after we had prepared all things, 
much fruits and meat from the wilderness, and honey in abundance, and provisions according to that which the Lord had commanded us. We did go down into the ship with all our loading and our seeds, and whatsoever thing we had brought with us, every one according to his age. Wherefore, we did all go down into the ship with our wives and our children. After they sailed to the promised land, they used their seeds to grow food in their new civilization. In chapter 18, verses 22 through 25, it says, And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did guide the ship that we sailed again toward the promised land. And this is after he had been tied up by his brothers. One more time, until the ship was on the point of capsizing. They didn't let him go until they felt like they were going to die. And they finally let him go. Then again, he took control of the ship and sailed it towards the promised land. Verse 23, And it came to pass that after we had sailed for the space of many days, we did arrive at the promised land. And we went forth upon the land and did pitch our tents, and we did call it the promised land. And it came to pass that we did begin to till the earth, and we began to plant seeds, yea, we did put all our seeds into the earth, which we had brought from the land of Jerusalem. So they had prepared early. I love knowing that they had taken all of these seeds from Jerusalem. And I'm sure that Lehi had been inspired to do this. And it came to pass that they did grow exceedingly. Wherefore, we were blessed in abundance. And it came to pass that we did find upon the land of promise, as we journeyed in the wilderness, that there were beasts in the forests of every kind, both the cow and the ox and the ass and the horse and the goat and the wild goat and all manner of wild animals which were for use, the use of man. And we did find all manner of ore, both of gold and of silver and of copper. Truly the Lord had helped them prepare for their journey to the promised land, but had also prepared the land for them with all of these wonderful things they needed. He will bless also, bless us, as we work to follow the counsel of living prophets and being prepared for whatever the future holds for us. Laman and Lemuel prepared begrudgingly and were still blessed because they were with Nephi and Lehi and others that followed the Lord. How much more will the Lord help and bless us if we prepare with a willing and cheerful heart? Thanks for listening to the White Rabbits Come Follow Me podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day.